Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Welcome everyone uh, to the show. We are here today with actually a really good friend of mine, somebody I've gotten to know over the last couple years and that I work with closely. He's actively involved in my education company, um, but he's also for me just a great real life shining example of you know, how real people are embracing these skills, embracing the new economy and making real radical transformations in their lives to, to create lives that, that many people say are almost impossible or, or sound too good to be true, right? You know, this is not the, you're, you're not going to go sit down with the guidance counselor at a school and say, well, what, what, what can my future look like? And they're going to describe to you, you know, this guy's life or my life. They're not going to tell you about that possibility, but, and, and the intent, what I'm trying to do with, with this show and with my YouTube channel and to, you know, with Entre Nation and just bringing together this awareness that actually in the world we live in, this is, this is how it works for anybody that basically has eyes to see and a, and a mind to open. Um, so with that, I, you know, let me just waste no, no more time and bring out my good friend, Jesse Singh, who's a, a world-class affiliate marketer and a good friend. Jesse, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, I appreciate you being here. You know, you and I, we, we chat a lot. We've been working a lot together lately, collaborating on some projects. Um, you've been a big help to me, kind of teaching me some of the, some of the wizardry that you've taken years to come by. And I, I'm, I get to pick your brain. So I'm, I'm <laughs> fortunate that way. But, um, you know, I, the intent here is to really kind of take modern entrepreneurship or entrepreneurialism. I, I actually use that term. I kind of differentiate between the two of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurialism, which we can talk a little bit about, but to kind of take it out of the clouds. I think that a lot of the entrepreneurial fascination in our culture has almost like a, a celebrity component to it. Like we, we tune into Shark Tank and we we think like, what would it be like to be Mark Cuban for a day? Or, you know, we're fascinated with Elon Musk and how he, you know, has, you know, sells $800 million worth of Teslas in two hours during a launch for a car that's not going to be built for two years. Or like, we have these stories that were, you know, I get it. Like, like I, I think like Brad Pitt's a good actor and he's devastatingly handsome. And I like, sometimes I'll admit, I'll do a double take in a magazine that has his cover on it. I'm human, right? <laughs> but that doesn't move my life forward. It doesn't really help me change anything, right? And so I want you know, the intent, at least with this episode and a lot of the episodes that I do is to just pull all this stuff out of the clouds, man. And like, let's talk to the average person on the ground who's got a business or maybe got a job and thinks that maybe life would be different if they ran their own business or, and just talk to them about the possibilities of what's really out there that, you know, is not so up in the sky that there's got to be some extraordinary set of circumstances that make it possible for you. Um, and you're, you're a great example of that. So, so you know, I, I thought maybe we'd start with, and again, this, you know, we talked about this is not scripted and not really that planned. I, I just, I, that's what I wanted to have is a real conversation. So maybe tell me a little bit about, like, how do you do what you do or how did you get into doing what you do? And how did you, out of all the people that were in your situation, and I know a little bit about your backstory, like, why are you the one? 
why are you the one auto mechanic or why are you the one guy in your town or why are you the one guy of all the people you know like why are you the one that that got into this when anybody could do it but most people don't and that's kind of what i'm trying to get to but anyway tell me your story and tell, tell me how you got where you are basically what ha- i used to be a car mechanic as jeff said uh i was actually pretty good at what i was doing uh they had uh you know top 10 you know, techs in our, uh, you know, leaderboards in our company. And I was always hit the top three because I, even though like, you know, I transitioned to entrepreneurship, I still had a drive. Like I had goals, just, they were just different. So, and one thing I did when I was, you know, a car mechanic, I never uh, got comfortable at what I was doing. I always wanted to, you know, explore more things in that industry. So that's another thing I noticed, uh, not so much different, I guess I wasn't comfortable. I didn't like being comfortable where a lot of people, you know, they started making money as like I say, a mechanic. They, you know, after five, six years, they're making say $80,000 and they're comfortable at that. See, I, for me, I feel like I I feel, I don't like feeling stuck. Like to me, that is not enough. Like it's not enough for me. And you're, you're Canadian. You're a Canadian. Canadian. So so $80,000 is like more like 50 or 60 US. Yeah. Yeah. 50. Yeah. uh, yeah, Around 50,000. Okay. So what happened to me was I got in a car accident back in July of 2013 and uh, you know, insurance money wasn't paying my bills. It was like half of my income and it was a joke really. And you know, insurance is a, <laughs> I don't want you to get into that anyway. Right. Uh, but so instead of, you know, a lot of people try to milk that I didn't, I didn't, I just don't like, you know, sitting still. So I was like, you know what, what else can I do? in my situation. So I always gave myself questions uh, on like, you know, what I can do next instead of, you know, being a victim. I'm like, okay, I'm in this situation. How am I going to get out of this? Or how do I get better at, you know, something else? And uh, that led me to the internet. Uh, It was just a quick Google search, make money online. And uh, I think the first thing I came upon was a course on, it was like affiliate marketing. So Mm -hmm. affiliate marketing, and uh, it taught me the basics. Trust me, I sucked at it for what was it eight months straight, no results. Okay, but I stuck at it because I had no other choice, right? So, so you, so you were like homebound or bedridden or convalescing, or so, I don't know if you were like stuck physically in bed, but I mean, you couldn't work and you couldn't really get out much, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I had, my back was pretty much injured at that point, so I couldn't do any any kind of physical activity other than like physiotherapy and, you know, I had to do that three times a week. But so I had to find something that was completely opposite of what I was doing. Cause as a mechanic, you got to be on your feet, mm-hmm. you're moving, lifting, you're, you're bending stuff. over, you're twisting, yeah. like you're tweaking your back every which way. Right. Yeah. So that I was know, my, I know that from my extensive five minutes of experience working on a car one time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know it can be crazy sometimes, but, uh, so I, you know, I stuck with that for, I think it was eight months straight. And, you know, a lot of people give up so early. Like if I gave up, if I gave up within a month or two, I wouldn't be where I am today. So a lot of people, I don't know why they give up uh, so soon, like two weeks, they join something or they get started with something and then they quit. I'm like, you know, you, you don't know where this could have led you, you know, five, six, seven years down the road. People always think short term. Mm-hmm. And uh, so looking back at this, I was like, that was a blessing for me. Like I got in a car accident, seemed negative at the time. 
Right. But it was a blessing in disguise because that led me to online marketing. And in that eight months, even though I had no results, I still stuck with it. And then in my ninth month, I finally made what I made at my job, but from home. And that was like a complete breakthrough for me. And basically, I never looked back since. I'm like, I even told my boss, I'm like, uh, I'm going to work from home now. I don't need insurance it, money. It was your ninth month? Yeah. Ninth month. Like, at, going at it. Right. Like That's kind of ironic. I mean, a, a lot of things are, take nine months to be born. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like giving. It's like you're like people like give up on their on their baby. It's only been in the womb three months. Imagine being pregnant for three months and be like, "Eh, this thing's yeah. not coming out. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get drunk." Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like, I, that's craziness. Yeah, like I mean, like it's things like this is you should always think long term anyway. Uh, you know, the average small business doesn't even get into a profit in three years. Mm -hmm. uh, stats. So I'm like, even if it took me three years, who cares? Because eventually I'll be in a profit. Now I can work for myself. I have no, you know, someone telling me what to do and I can scale it where you can't scale your job. You can only get so many raises and then you're stuck. Yeah. You know, you and I, you and I talked about this on a training we did in the last month with, with one of our mastermind groups at my company, Entra, we, we were talking about, and I think I asked you, I said, when you were like one of the top three mechanics in your whole company, how much more did you make than, one, than the bottom three mechanics in your whole company? And I think your answer was like, you probably made like twice as much money, right? With bonuses and overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it's like, if you're one of the even top 1% or top 5% of online entrepreneurs in the world, how much more money do you make than the bottom 5%? Oh, it's huge. It's like, can you even It's imagine? millions of dollars more, right? I mean, it's like the, the bottom 5% doesn't even make money. They just lose money. They just, yeah, they they just chase shiny objects and blow all their money. Whereas the top 5%, you know, may, probably makes more than, than any job this side of a, you know, upper management at a Fortune 500 company, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's putting yourself in an environment where, you know, if you, if you do the work and you commit to being really good, you get a lot more leverage Yeah. than, than doing, having that same mindset in a job. It's uh, to me, it's the, it's the fear of like, well, what if I'm not that good? Well, at least at my job, I still get a paycheck. I don't even have to be that good. As long as I show up, I get a basic paycheck here. Nobody cares if you show up. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so would you say that, that, that that car wreck i mean obviously you're you're a fit guy i see your facebook post you're at the gym all you and i are both like meatheads and we joke about it and stuff right like we both like to work out so so clearly you've recovered from your car accident right? oh yeah 100 percent. more uh, than recovered. you're probably in better shape than you ever were right oh yeah 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 so so that said is that car accident other than like maybe something like meeting your wife or your kid being born or something like that is that the best thing that's ever happened to you professionally yeah oh 100 percent I always tell people that I'm um, like, this is why you should never victimize yourself. If, if there's a negative situation, if you've been asking for it, I have like the whole law of attraction thing. I still, I believe in that. So if you're asking for something else, you're going to get it somehow. You don't know how it's going to come to me. I believe it was like car accident. I kept asking, I just can't be it. I can't be just working 10, you know, 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day. Like there has to be more. There has mm -hmm. to be more. I kept, 
this was in my, you know, my mind while I was working there. And one day out of the blue, someone rear-ended me. <laughs> After t- like two, what was it? I was in there for four years. Yeah, fourth year, someone rear-ended me. And it basically forced me out of that, that basically I was stuck there in my head. Like, were, you, were you married at the time? Yes. Did you have yeah. a, a child? Yep. I okay, had so you, two kids you, at that time. You had two kids. Yeah. So you had some pressure. It oh, wasn't, yeah. It wasn't all about just Jesse. And it oh, wasn't no. going to be okay to just move back in with your parents or whatever. No, <laughs> no that was, I had a house. I had a mortgage, you know, yeah. payments. I had everything. Like, Man, was, you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I hear your story and I think about like what you just said, the, you, you know, I don't know. I don't think you said God, but like God or the universe or karma or whatever it is. It, it like, it gives you, if you're looking for it, it gives you what you need to catalyze whatever shift you need to make. For you, it was a wife, two kids, a mortgage coupled with with being physically disabled, essentially forced to sit there and go, well, what can I do sitting here? And I mean, isn't that the beauty of the internet? I mean, that little laptop right there, I can grab that. In fact, I'm literally in two hours, I'm driving to Los Angeles with my wife and we're hanging out in LA for four days. I'm still going to be working. I'm taking my computer, you know, and you were forced to, to not only be exposed to that, but honestly to make it work. How long yeah. did it take your back to heal? Uh, it took me, I wasn't even fully healed when, you know, the night when I may had my breakthrough, I was still recovering from it. So, so was it like, it was like a year. Yeah. Like it was, so, a year. so if you were going to go back to work at the shop or wherever it was, would that have been a full year of recovery? Yeah, and I probably wouldn't be able to make it work because, again, I was getting half the income of what I was making, and it was it was even barely like basically the insurance money wasn't even paying for my mortgage. It was like ninety percent of my mortgage, let alone right. everything else. So huh. that wasn't so, enough. So it's you know I think about my story. You know I was you you know my story. I mean I had I I tried to open these restaurants and they failed right in the the big recession two thousand seven two thousand eight and. I wound up $400,000 in debt, but I had some, a couple real estate investment properties that that was honestly the biggest, cause I didn't have kids. I was married, but frankly, my wife and I were kind of like not doing good anyways, cause she was so pissed at me. <laughs> but, but it was honestly, it was this, these houses that I had worked so hard to acquire a couple investment properties. And I knew that if I declared bankruptcy, they were going to take these houses and then that would be, that would be it. I would be totally wiped out. And I was a musician, man. And that, I, that was, I was going to be done. You know, I basically would hit reset and spend the next 10 years trying to rebuild my credit, making $40,000 a year as a piano player. And, and suddenly these, these businesses failed and I'm on the hook for these loans. And it wasn't like, okay, Jeff, you gotta, you gotta pay your mortgage. It was like, okay, Jeff, if you don't figure out how to pay off $490,000 in debt, we're going to take everything. Yeah, yeah. So you say, you talk about the law of attraction and the, the, the universe kind of gives you what you need. For me, the universe gave me something that was so big that it dispelled me of any delusion that I could make it happen by quote reasonable means. There was no job that I could go get. There was no rich person whose ass I could kiss. There was no favor I could do for someone. There was no family I could marry into. There was nothing I could do in my life that was normal or reasonable that was going to dig me out of $490,000 in debt fast enough to not lose these houses. 
And yeah. that's what sent me online with the right level of urgency and the right level of desperation and the right level of intensity to make it work. And you know, as you know, I paid that debt off in 18 months with affiliate marketing. Same, yeah. same thing you started with, right? For you, it was the mortgage and the wife and the two kids and being forced to stay home and not being able to work. And, and it's funny, I, I've, you know, that was in 2008 for me. When was this for you? Uh, 2013. 2013, okay. Yeah. So I say all the time that my, my restaurant franchise collapse was the best thing that ever happened to me professionally because it boxed me into a corner that there was only one way out of and that one way out was so, something that was so out there. You know, oh, I'm going to go make half a million dollars with affiliate marketing fast enough that I don't get you know, foreclosed on and my life destroyed, right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. absurd. Yeah, it's it, was, crazy. it was literally the only, it was the only shot I had. And so I did it. And for you, so, so I say all the time, like that was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, rock bottom is great because then you, you know, we, you and I like to lift our legs, right? You can push up against a stable floor. So when you hit rock bottom, then you can push up, right? Yeah. How do we, and if you, by the way, if you can answer this question, we'll both be billionaires. <laughs> How do we go out there to the average person and say, don't wait until you hit rock bottom. Just do what we did, but don't wait until you are where we were. Just do it now. Yeah, especially when you're stable. If your life is stable. Yeah, have, think have, of the advantage you should yeah. have. But it, yeah. seems like, it seems like actually having a stable life is a disadvantage. Because people get comfortable, which is what brings them down, right? So they need to realize that you can't get comfortable where you are. Even though you're stable right now, don't get comfortable. You have to always learn and, uh, you know, grow as a person. So I, I feel like, I feel like I've spent the last 12 years searching for how to bottle discomfort yeah. so that I can force feed it to people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. I think that's the, the hardest thing. Cause it's, it's like a brain thing, right? Like your brain wants to be comfortable. It doesn't want to do anything. It doesn't want to do. Right. So you always have to acknowledge, like, it's like you have to acknowledge it and force it be like, no, I don't like, if I'm here, I'm not growing. Right. Yeah. Like what was some, I'm not sure who quoted this. It's like, if you're not learning, you're dying kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You're going the other way. If you, so, so let me ask this. Do you, do you, are there any other incidents in your life where you like found yourself in a situation where the only way out of it was to really in a very dramatic way to transcend your circumstance or has it just been kind of slow and steady until all of a sudden you had a car accident and then that was your big moment? I had like little mini, I guess, mini versions of this in my life. Uh, you know, I was working a minimum wage at this coffee shop and I was, again, I was thinking this can't be it. This can't, you know, this can't be mm -hmm. it. So I went back to school and went as, you know, became, uh, I went as a, I went to college for auto technician because I, I, again, didn't want to, I felt too comfortable there. I wasn't making that much money. It was minimum wage. I'm like, I this, you can't live off of this. Mm -hmm. And that drove me be like, okay, I got to go back to school, get some new skill sets at the time. You know, I want to be a mechanic and, that's what forced me to become a mechanic, which I was making a lot more when uh, minimum wage at the time. So it's a, it was like a mini version of what happened this time. It was, it wasn't as urgent. It's just, I just felt like I didn't feel right 
being mm-hmm. there, which kind of forced me into taking a different you know path. You know, one of the things I've, I've observed about really successful entrepreneurs and, and sort of creative, non-traditional people, uh, people that do non-traditional things professionally, is there's a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it necessarily like a boom and bust cycle, but I would say like it's a peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um, where it's almost like, and I think about my own life, it's almost like if I get too comfortable, I'll do something to sabotage it <laughs> just to kick my own ass into gear so that I have to transcend and reach the next peak, whatever that is. And I, I see it in my own life. I mean, literally when I was 17, I dropped out of school to become a, a professional piano player. But there was a problem, which was I wasn't very good at the piano. Yeah, yeah. But I knew I didn't want to ever have a job. So I, that, that forced me to practice for like 10 hours a day for like two years while I could still make ends meet and live at my parents' house because they hadn't sold their house yet. But I knew the clock was ticking and the window was closing for me to actually be able to go out and support myself as a gigging musician. And I, you know, they say it takes 10,000 hours. I literally crammed my 10,000 hours into like three or four years yeah. because I cut off my other options. I, you know, I burnt, we talk about burning your boats, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm wondering is if you, if you feel like you've been a person in your life that's had maybe an above average level of comfort or willingness with burning your own boats to cut off your escape route. I, I believe I did. It was, I did because like the average person would just get, like I said, comfortable at what they're doing and they don't care. Like, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm paying the bills. Uh, I'm getting by. I'm good. Where I don't like that situation. I'm like, I, I always want to, you know, get better at something or better myself at least so I can, you know, live a better life. And I think some of the stuff that helped me with this was I used to read a lot of personal development books like think and grow rich mm-hmm. and stuff like this, which kind of forced my brain to be like, you know, you know, if you want to be successful in life, doesn't matter I mean, if it's a job or not an entrepreneur, you have to do things, you know, different than what the average person does. So you mentioned think and grow rich when you were talking about people giving up too soon. I immediately thought of the story at the opening of that book where he talks about that guy, are you Darby who was digging for the gold? Yep. And he, you know, I forget all the details, but he, you know, he dug for years and put all his money into it and he, and he stopped and he went back East and he sold his concession or whatever it was. And, and it turned out he had literally been three feet from, yeah, from the mother load vein of gold. And, and, you know, most people don't even get to within three feet. I mean, most people don't even get 3% of the way there and they just, yeah, they, they, they recoil back to the comfort and, uh, yeah, you know, there's, I, I, I do wonder, I'm curious your thought on this. And then I want to talk, you know, kind of about some practical stuff about like, you know, how it really works, what you do. Um, but do you think it's like, is it genetic? Is it, is it conditioned? Is it, is it based on our, our, you know, how we're raised? Or is it something that anybody can have like a, an, an aha, like epiphany moment and, and engage this way of being in the world that says I'm tired of being comfortable. Uh, I believe every human being has the potential to do it. Like, I don't think it's genetic because my, like my family, like my father is in construction. 
<clears throat> nothing to do with entrepreneurship. Been in construction for 30 years and that was it. Like, so there was no like upbringing where like, Hey, become a business owner. He wanted me, he wanted me to become a doctor to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's like our cultural thing. And funny thing is now I make way more than a doctor. So, so, but, and, that, and that's, a, that, let me, let me just say that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I know you, like you're a pretty unassuming guy. Like I think it's super cool. You don't wear your, your bling on your sleeves. No, so to speak. No. like, like you just come off super chill, but people watching this may not really get like when we're talking about being a, you know, a top 1% success as an affiliate marketer, like we're talking about making, many, many hundreds of thousands, if not million or millions of dollars per year. Yeah. Like yeah. we're not talking about like, oh, I, I you know, I, I replaced my 80 grand and then some. Yeah. They, no. I mean, you might do that in a month. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and again, I'm not trying to get you to beat your chest or boast. I just, I just want to condition people here. Like people think, you know, people that are grinding for 60 grand a year, if they think if they get a raise to $65,000 a year, somehow they've come into all this money. And, and I'm not denigrating hard work and, and, you know, incremental gains, but like when you understand the paradigm of the new economy and what guys like Jesse and myself and a lot of the people that I have on the show, when you understand the paradigm of what we do, it reframes your understanding and your perspective on money. Like, yeah, I, in my, you know, I, I had a four and, and that's the thing is that was forced on me because they, they, you know, the universe, and it was my own doing, said, hey, all of a sudden, Jeff, you're $490,000 in debt. And if you don't figure this out in maybe two years, because, you know, you get on the phone with creditors and banks and you, they, you buy time and it was the big recession. So they were dealing with a lot of loan defaults and nobody was in a big hurry. But at the end of the day, I only had a couple of years to come up with half a million bucks Yeah, as a, as a 28-year-old jazz piano player. And it's like, that forced me to add a zero to the way that I thought about money. Yeah. But most people never get forced like that. And so they think that getting a little 2% raise is like a big deal. And I'm not saying it's not, but I'm also kind of saying it's not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like when I was growing up, um, I was, I guess I was a little bit of a dreamer compared to like my family. I always thought a little bit big. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to have, I was a car guy. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a Dodge Viper. And my dad's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll see kind of thing. Right, right. And like when I got a little bit older, when I was in my 20s, I'm like, I want to make I don't know. I think my number was, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars per month. Cause that's what my dad was doing in a year. Right. And he was just like, no, that, that won't happen kind of thing. Like how are you, how are you going to make more than me? I make 50 bucks an hour kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame him because that's how he's been conditioned. But then in 2016, that's, that's where I hit. And right. I showed, see, I did a hundred profit, by the way, not revenue, hundred thousand dollars this month, mm -hmm. which is more than what you made in a year. You said I was going to do it. But that kind of like forced me to do it. Like I, I got a little, you know, fired up about it. Because when yeah, some yeah. people doubt me, I'm like, you know what? I got to kind of prove this person wrong. Well, that's, that's <laughs> you know, I noticed your, your brand is called the Millionaire Drive. And, yeah. and obviously there's a little bit of a twist there because you, you love cars. And yeah. You love cars. But, but that's what your story says to me is it's, there's this drive. There's this, whether it's a fight or a hunger or an urgency or a, you know, for me, sometimes it's, it's fear. Like I'm just, I'm scared of having an average life. Having an average life terrifies me so much. Yeah. That I'm, I'm fight or flight, you know? And, but whatever it is, man, it's that, it's that drive and you've got it. I don't know. Do you know where you got it? Like you said, you said it didn't come from genetics. No, 
I think it was certain people in my life, I would say, um, uh, actually, I think it was one of my bosses who at, at the shop was in a network marketing company. I think that's how it kind of started. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to all these like millionaires in that company. And I'm like, oh, crap, there's a different world out here. So I think it's, it, that planted seeds in my head, even though I completely sucked at that at the time. <laughs> I tried it. It was terrible. Uh, uh, but like it, it, it kind of opened my mind to what is possible. Uh, you know, these guys are like, oh, I made $40,000 last month. I'm like, holy crap, so, how is that possible? I think you just touched on something, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think you just touched on something that may be important for us to, to, to differentiate for the audience. Um, you mentioned network marketing, and I think, you know, we take for granted, I think, a lot of things, Jesse. Like, we do this stuff all day. We, like, if I talk about affiliate marketing and I talk about e-commerce, like, immediately we know those are two totally different things, and, like, one of them you own the shopping cart, the other one you don't. One of them you handle payments, one of them you don't. One of them you handle support, one of them you don't, like – we get all that, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of people that are new to this digital economy sort of model, they're like, I don't know. It's just, it's just people on, it's just stuff online, right? Is, can you, and I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you answer it. Is affiliate marketing the same as like, is it like MLM or network marketing? No, it's not. Uh, it's, it's, it's different because first, like a network marketing, um, most of them, I say 90% of them have like physical products. you got to buy up front. Uh, mm-hmm. And the problem with that is they're usually overpriced <laughs> compared to the marketplace. Right. And, uh, and their main, what I found is that the main, the, the big, the biggest way to make money in those companies is just to recruit other people that buy these big packages. Right. And then they toss them in the garage you know, they're not moving their product. And I think it's, it's good for certain people, like people that know how to, uh, I guess, get out there and not just talk to anybody they feel like where affiliate marketing is, you don't buy anything up front. You just, uh, have a website, have an affiliate link. When someone clicks that link and goes to that product service, you're in a commission, you're not buying anything up front. So it's, Kind you're of, not recruiting them into anything. No, you're, you're not, not recruiting buying it so that they can sell it or become a distributor or be part of a team or come to your meeting or anything. They're just, yeah. they're just a customer. There's like a guy at a grocery store just buying a head of lettuce or something. Yeah. For example, I'll give you one thing. Like I have uh, an offer in auto loans, people that are looking for an auto loan for their car. They want to buy a car. Mm-hmm. I send them to that link. They fill out the application and when they fill out the application, I get paid. So they're not even buying, they're not even getting a loan. No, they're not even getting a loan. They're just becoming a, a loan prospect. Yes. I'm just sending them a prospect. Yeah. So and that would be, as a small, as a subtle distinction, that would actually, that's a subset of affiliate marketing. It's called CPA, right? Yeah. You're, it's cost per action or cost per activity or cost per acquisition. They're acquiring a lead or a customer or an email address or whatever. You don't even have to sell stuff to get paid. No, no. <laughs> that's the beauty of yeah, CPA, it still comes under affiliate marketing because, again, you're not buying anything. It's your link. It's an affiliate link. Anything that has an affiliate link is pretty much affiliate marketing. It's so, just- it, it, you know, it's funny. Actually, I wonder if I can pull this up. So, you know, my wife, you're a car guy. My wife has a, a Tesla, right? 
Oh yeah, when, nice. When you log into the Tesla app on your phone, okay, look, it's the loot box. They got this little box. Up yeah, the yeah, yeah, the yeah. App. And so you pull that up and it says, uh, share what you love about your Tesla products and encourage your friends to transition to sustainable energy. Cars, anyone using your referral link to place an order gets a thousand miles of supercharging and you get a chance to win a Model Y or a Roadster supercar and you can get $250 if you refer them to solar. It actually used to just be a thousand bucks when yeah. you referred your friend to buy a Tesla. So I'd be like, Jesse, dude, my wife loves her Tesla. Bring out your, your Mercedes and let's race. And if I win, you got to buy a Tesla. <laughs> and then I'd use, yeah. you'd use my link and I'd make a thousand bucks. Like affiliate marketing is so mainstream. Yeah. Everybody does it. And I think a lot of people don't realize there's this like fabric that underweaves the economy of, uh, I mean, the, the concept of referral business is as old as time. Yeah. Oh, All yeah. affiliate marketing has done is harness the power of the internet and tracking technology and, and make referral business something that's a lot more automated. Yeah. It's a lot easier now. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's talk a little bit about, again, the, you know, my vision for, for these conversations is I want to like pull this stuff out of the clouds. Like if I had Elon Musk on my, and we're, you know, we're talking Tesla. If I had Elon Musk on my show, excuse me, when I have Elon Musk on my show one day, <laughs> I'm probably not going to ask him to describe a day in his life. At least if I do, it's not going to be with the idea that we're really, we're really empowering the average listener as to what their life could look like. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's like one, one percent of the one percent. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's too many circumstances that had to line up and he's a genius guy. Yeah. He is oh, yeah. still too much had to happen. It's like, you're not going to go pull the guy off the street and be like, yo, go, go, go create the sustainable energy company for movement for the 21st century. Yeah. But you yeah. can pull the average guy off the street and be like, yo, I need you to meet my buddy, Jesse. He makes seven figures a year works out, eats perfectly, hangs out with his family, drives a sick car and does X, Y, Z every day. Like, yeah. like that's, and that's kind of my point. It's like anybody could do what we do and yet just most people don't. And I think it's cause they don't believe it or they don't, they just haven't hit rock bottom or whatever the reasons are. But anyway, what I want to ask you right now is like two things. First of all, what does the average day look like? And then, and we'll start with answering that, but then I'm going to ask you like, what are the actual things that it takes to do what you do? But let's start with the average day. Like, what's the average day look like for Jesse? I get up with my kids to, you know, drop them off at school around eight. Uh, then I just have some breakfast, uh, wait a couple hours. While I'm doing in that couple hours, I go, uh, you know, do some email work, uh, check out my, uh, I guess, my affiliate funnel, see what kind of money it's, they're making and uh, adjust them slightly if I'm like, Hey, I'm making a lot of money today. I'll up my budget for my ad spend. And if I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I got to reduce that. So I just monitor those things. So it's, like, it's like pruning a, a garden, right? You go in yeah. and you, you fluff this up and you cut this back. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Once it's set up, it's just like, you're just monitoring it. Mm -hmm. Like scaling it is not that difficult after, uh, like right now, like one of my offers, I've scaled it. I like, I doubled it from last week. So mm -hmm. uh, it was like a brand new offer. I was making 4,000 in a week. And this week I'm heading towards 8,000 because I scaled it up. 8,000 a week. 
Yeah. Just one offer. One offer. How many offers are you running right now? Uh, at least 10, 10. Okay. And and they're not all doing 8,000 a week. No, but still people get, I just, you know, I'm trying to give people an idea of the scale of the possibility of this. It's like, you start with one. Yeah. Right. You get, you get to a certain point. Now you got the, you know how that works and you just rinse and repeat. Affiliate marketing is very similar. It doesn't matter what niche you're doing. It's the same steps. Just your, let me ask this. Let me ask this. And, and do, you, do you ever feel like, because I think a lot of people, and I think about like the old school mentality, right? They might hear what you just described, or they might look at what I do for a living and be like, you don't even make anything. You're not even producing anything. Like you're not, you're not adding value. You're just a middleman. What, what would you say to that? Well, first of all, uh, you know, the biggest companies in the world are middle like affiliates to something right like amazon has affiliate stuff yeah amazon doesn't they don't manufacture products no they got nothing they got a platform doesn't own a fleet of cars no it's all digital so what Walmart doesn't build bicycle doesn't assemble bicycles yeah exactly they're they outsource it or you know they're using other leveraging other companies i'm leveraging other offers other companies and they pay me when i give i get them a result isn't it funny how psychologically you take concepts that are you know centuries old if not millennium old on on in in the physical world in the offline world right like you know people have been merchant traders and sold stuff at bazaars you know back in like the medieval times right yeah yeah and then you put it you put the concept on the internet and suddenly people are like, no, no, that, that sounds like a scam or that must not be real or there's no value there. Like it's, it's like a, it's a weird prejudice. Yeah, it's, it is. And the funny thing is you can be an affiliate for, an, a, phys, for a physical product. Totally. Like you want, like for example, protein, like you're going to go to the store and buy protein. If you know how to set everything right, why not get paid to sell it indirectly? Like this go through your leg, they buy a protein, you get paid. Yeah. A percentage. Yeah, it's, it's funny. So, you know, I, I say that again, I'm, it's not like I'm trying to convince you. It's I, what I'm trying to do is shine a light for people on the absurdity of the preconceptions and the prejudices. Yeah. Because you're, it's not hurting us. Like if they don't believe that internet, internet stuff is real or they can do it, it doesn't change what you have for dinner. It doesn't change what I have for dinner, but it definitely changes what they have for dinner. It's hurting them. Yeah. Anybody yeah. watching this who's like, no, this can't be real. I can't do that. It's, it's hurting you. It's hurting your family. It's hurting your kids. I have a three-year-old girl. I'm home with her every day. Yeah. She's going to grow up with a level of certainty and confidence in her male relationships based on the fact that her daddy was with her every day as a baby. Yeah. You know? It's huge. It doesn't, it's not, nobody's, there's no, there's no moral victory in doing it the hard way. No. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it was not funny, but you know, the, going forward into you know, the next 10, 15 years, people's jobs are getting replaced by either robots or some kind of automation computers. Mm-hmm. I went to Walmart the other day and before they used to have like 20 aisles of, you know, cashiers. They got rid of most of them. I think there's only like five now. Mm-hmm. And rest are self-checkouts on both ends. Like 20 machines on this end and 20 machines on this end. So their jobs are getting replaced by self-checkout machines. You know, and- I did an, 
I did an interview with a guy on this channel uh, several weeks ago who used to be a pharmacist. And he said when he started in pharmacy, you know, it was a six figure job. And the expectation was that you could, or he said he was really good and he wrote four to 500 prescriptions a day. Yeah. By the time he got out of pharmacy and now he runs a, a cryptocurrency uh, or a blockchain education company, like total, totally cool. But by the time he got out of it, the expectation, the bare minimum was that you wrote a thousand prescriptions a day and it paid the same or less. The yeah. reason is because even though technology isn't replacing pharmacists, it's doubling their capacity or tripling their capacity, which means you only need half to a third as many of them. Yeah. But it's not like pharmacists are, because some people might hear that and go, well, they're never going to replace my job. No, they might not, but they might be able to let half of you go because technology doubles what's expected from those of you that are left. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, right. you know, I, I think people, this willful ignorance of like, no, I'm going to do it the hard way and I need to only operate business wise in the offline world. I, I think it's a, I think it's a tragedy and a travesty and it's, you know, I think it's, this, you know, whatever, I go off on a tangent about it, but it, I mean, the educational system is clearly so slow to come around to this. That's frankly, th that's the opportunity for us to, as educators. Um, oh, yeah. But it's, it's really a shame with, with the way kids aren't being told about this stuff. So let me ask this, this is kind, of, uh, kind of the last thing I want to talk through. Like from a, you know, when you were an auto uh, mechanic, I assume you had like your tools. Yeah. Did, did they supply you with your tools or did you have your own tools? I had to buy my own tools. Yeah. Cause that's one of the things I know, like tradesmen yeah. that do that stuff, your tools are like, it's like your, your pride and joy. Like if you get fired, you take your tools yeah. and you go yeah. find a new place to set up your camp with your tools. Right. Yeah. And so what are your tools now? Dig digital, I guess, digital uh, forms of tools. Like, like but at, I mean, at a real like granular level, like you have, you mentioned emails, you have a system that sends out emails, right? Yeah. Can I ask what email system you use? I use Aweber. Aweber. Super Aweber. standard that when I got started yeah. in 2008, one of the first things I, they told me was sign up for an Aweber account. Yeah. Aweber, I think at the time there was a free or a dollar trial and then it was like $19 a month. It's still same thing. Uh, I think it's a dollar for, a, I'm not sure if it's 14 days or 30 days and then right. it's, $19 a month. So 19 bucks a month. So yeah. obviously you track your links. Yeah. Somehow do you have software for that? Yeah. Yeah. What's that software? Or in, and I, if something's proprietary, feel free to not answer. Uh, I use, I use give a, people an idea of the requirements. I, yeah. I use a few. I, it depends on what it is. Uh, one is like a more, you know, advanced one I use is called funnel flux. Mm -hmm. And the, the more basic one I use is click magic. Like something. Oh yeah. I've, I've used click magic yeah. and that's again, like 20 bucks a month, I think for the basic. Yeah. So the, yeah. So the tools, the digital tools are way less than my, my physical tools. I yeah, had I used to probably used to have to pay what 80 bucks for a wrench. Yeah. So yeah, my toolbox had probably around $50,000 worth of tools. In fact, there's entire businesses. Like I think of snap on tools, Matco yeah. tools. They just literally drive vans around and yeah. sell these high price tools to mechanics on jobs. Yeah, they come. Yeah, they used to come every week. Right. This is the latest tech, the latest tool to hit the market. <laughs> and so, and so you're, you know, you're talking about so far we're now we're at 40 bucks. I mean, and the, the platforms where you get the links, you know, you sign up, you get your affiliate links or you, the CPA network, you get your links. Th those are free. Yeah, those are free. Right. So, so 
so then, then basically at that point, it's just, I got to get people to my links. Yeah. And that's the majority of the cost, right? Yeah. So like the traffic cost of traffic. So yeah, whether you're running paid traffic or if you're ranking assets, you know, ranking videos or ranking blog posts, you might have to pay for some backlinks or pay for yeah. So or like, right? Yeah. Like for example, Walmart, they have traffic, it's physical traffic. People are walking into their store. We just have the digital version of that. We have right. eyeballs, people looking for these products and we send them to our offer. So but kind the of the difference though Walmart. is if Walmart's closed for a month, they still got to pay the rent. Yeah. But if you, yeah. if you leave town for a month and for whatever reason, decide to turn your ads off, What's your, what's your cost to, to technically stay in business? It's what, click magic and Aweber. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, some kind of capture page tool, which is, uh, you know, it ranges, I use a bunch. So anywhere between 40 bucks a month to a hundred bucks a month. So like a lead pages or, uh, click funnels, click funnels or, um, so, I mean, honestly, people can build this for free with WordPress as long as yeah. they pay for hosting dollars a year worth of hosting. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, like the, the, the actual overhead is almost next to nothing. Um, you know, when I say, Oh, I made, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month, that's profit. My overhead, right. I think I'm paying just like the basic tools without paying traffic. Uh, it's probably like four or 500 bucks a month at most. Uh, so that's a huge <laughs> ROI. It's so crazy, it. man. I mean, and I know I'm laughing. It's like, I do it too. It's just yeah. so crazy. Like, why did we used to make things so hard? Like, yeah, like I, for, like I was thinking a long time ago, my family wanted a franchise. It was a coffee company. I don't know if you heard of Tim Hortons. Mm -hmm. Oh uh, yeah, it's like yeah. the Starbucks of Canada, right? Yeah, so it's so super yeah. popular. So they wanted $500,000 up front and their monthly, I guess, auto ship, <laughs> like network marketing, auto ship, right. minimum was $40,000 a month expenses. And you would not make a profit in three years. So it'll take about three years. And their profit margin after the three years was 12%. So you did $3 million in sales, you might make $300,000. But look at all the people that you got to look after, like yeah. all your employees, you know, their benefits and, you know, the tax work in that. It's, it's just crazy, right? So I, I make more than a Tim Hortons franchise owner, like, and you probably make more in a month than a Tim Hortons franchise yeah. owner from a single franchise makes in a year. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, so, I mean, you know, and, and here's the thing, I think people hear this and like, Oh, it's just, you know, more, more big chest thumping claims. And it, it's, it's not that I think it's, it's more about just creating a perspective shift. And, and, you know, unfortunately in this world, there's only a few things that get people's attention. Um, yeah. Like really, there's maybe only two. It's like sex and money. Yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> violence. I don't know if you like stab somebody on camera, they'll pay attention or something. But you usually, and you and I aren't very sexy, so we're not going to get them with that. <laughs> so we kind of got to like get people's attention. You know, I talk about, I, I've generated over $40 million in sales now since 2008. Like you just got to like get people to pay, go wait, what? You know, attention, interest, decision, action. But now they're paying attention. It's like, no, it's not about bragging about the money. It's about understanding. There's a different fundamental set of of economic realities when you're not having to transact all your business dealing with physical space yeah that's really and, and or the transact the transfer of physical products right remove 
logistics, even Amazon, I mean, even if you're shipping physical products, you look at the logistics of Amazon's model versus the retail distribution model with all the stores, yeah. you're still eliminating so much logistical friction by shifting to at least a hybrid online offline model. Yeah. No. And so we are, I think we're, we're the evangelists here of a very, very necessary bit of good news, which is that if you will buy into and embrace this technology and the way the world has changed, if you're in any sort of business, A, you won't get left behind, B, you'll make more money, and C, you'll have more control over the quality of your life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's at least, you know, I can say that's, that's why I do what I do. So, so let, me, let me end, if I could, with, with one question. Is this something, you know, you were, you were thrust in a position where you basically were given the opportunity and responsibility to, to do this full time. Yeah. Right? I was kind of put in that same position because my debt load was so big that there was nothing else I could do that would even realistically chip away at it. But to the average person who's like, well, I'm not going to quit my job and I'm not going to, or, or maybe, I, maybe I just bought a Tim Horton six months ago and now these assholes are telling me that I made a mistake, but I've got a $400,000 bank loan now. Like, to the person who's not ready to or able to burn their boats, um, is this something that they can start with realistically, part-time, uh, flex time, whatever? And, and if so, how much does that really take? This is a beauty of online marketing. Like you can, I believe if you put in at least an hour or two maybe at most a day, you can start you know, building momentum mm -hmm. and slowly start making some, you know, the money will start coming in. Uh, obviously there's going to be some trial and error, but nothing crazy where, you know, even if you got a Tim Hortons franchise, you got to go in for three months and get trained anyway. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And plus you won't be paid in three years. So, so with this, I believe uh, you could start making money. You know, if you follow instructions well with couple of months maybe it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be huge it can be yeah, and so for you you said it took nine months yeah but you also had tell me if I'm wrong but you had a certain threshold you had to get to before it could make an impact yeah Is that right yeah like you had and, to make maybe five you know five or ten grand a month or else you might as well not be making any money because it wasn't solving your problem yeah and plus back when I started you know there was no entre where you know, people, you know, like, you know, Antra where he educates you properly. Right, right. started where I had to connect all like hundreds of dots because they weren't making sense. And I had to slowly just piece it together. I, I didn't have any step-by-step -step way of doing it where, right. which that's why it took the time, right? Where like the advantage for people nowadays, especially with platforms like Antra is like, you can just get started. Everything is laid out for you. And you just, all you have to do is follow instructions and then take action on that. Well, first of all, I, I want to state for the record, that was not a pre-scripted plug. No, That no. Jesse just gave for, <laughs> for Entra, but, but I appreciate it. And certainly it, it does speak to, you know, our mission, which is like you say, to sort of de-obfuscate, demystify the step-by-step -step of like how these business models work. Because nobody expects, you know, if, if you're going to go out and be like an electrician, Nobody expects you to, you know, crawl under a house, open up a circuit panel and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You've been, there's a, you were taught, right? 
And so, like you say, I mean, that's, there, there's this gaping need in the world for education on how this stuff works. Oh, 100%. right now people are getting, they're, they're shocking themselves left and right for purposes of the metaphor, right? Yeah. You go on YouTube and it's information overload. You don't know what to follow. Like right, right. this person like, oh, you can make a hundred dollars a day like this. But they're like, another person's like, no, that's not the, what, the way to do it. This is how you do it. And you just get pulled in so many directions and you end up doing nothing. Right. Yeah. So you need something that just like puts you, you know, it puts your blinders on like, this is go through this like this, take action, record your results, not getting your results yet, tweak it, get mm -hmm. back at it until you make it work. And it will eventually work. You just have to, like I said, you got to put in the time. And you know, you think about it. What, what if it took a year for someone to make $500 a month? Nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, that, that's, that's $6,000 a year. Don't you know a lot of people who work really hard for a year, uh, putting in extra hours at their job to try to get a $6,000 raise? Yeah. And that, for them, that's huge. $6,000 raise. Totally. Right. Where you can do this online a couple hours a day, an hour a day out of your time and you can scale it if you want. That's another thing that, you know, raises don't let you do. <laughs> yeah. Raises do not let you turn them up. No. Like, Oh, I got a dollar an hour. Whoo. <laughs> Eight right. bucks a day. Yeah. And now maybe right. in six months you can get another dollar an hour. Yeah. Whereas here, and that's the thing I love about internet and you know, it's not to just belabor the point, but like once you get it working, you turn it up. Yeah. You there's no, scale. there's no other medium in the world that's like a faucet. Yeah. Once it's working, you can't, you know, if you buy a rental property and you get, and you, you engineer everything and I own rental property. I love rental properties. I like the long, that's the long game. Right. But I can't get a rental property generating $300 a month in positive cash flow and be like, all right, sick. I'm going to turn this thing up to 3000 now. Oh, it's a lot harder. For you can't do it. You got to go buy another $300,000 property to, to get it to 600 a month. Yeah. With this, you just shoot, like you just bump your ad spend up. Yeah. Like the goal is you like, if anyone had, you know, if you had the ability to spend $1 and make $2, think about that. Wouldn't you spend like $300 a day to make $600? Mm -hmm. Like now, now to be clear, there. there's a point of diminishing returns. You can't yeah. spend $3 million a day to make $6 million a day. Yeah, no, there's, a, like, there's a finite amount of market supply for anything because you have competition, you have, demo, you know, targeting and certain keywords, whether it's, you know, depends on the modality, but you know, whether it's keyword based or video based or whatever, there's just, there's only so much to be had. But if you're at a hundred a day, you can usually get to 200. You can yep. usually get to 500. You can probably get to a thousand. Yeah. Probably get to 2000. And then if that's the cap, great, go find the next thing. Yeah. And then you can let that run. Leave it running. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You let that run. Now you build up something else with so similar kind of similar steps, maybe a little bit different to ad cop, like a little bit different wording because it's going to be something different. And that's about it. Similar funnels. You're done. So I make anyways, it anyways, I know we could talk about this all day and, and yeah. we often very often do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I hope that what this is given to people is a, a real, window through which like a some clear glass through which to view this life and this possibility right like this is no bullshit this is no hype we're not even selling anything here right like i don't i mean in fact let's not sell anything here let's just leave it at this is the truth of what's possible yeah um and and just leave it at that you know that this is out there for people and if one person sees this video and it opens their eyes i don't care if i get 
a thousand thumbs downs on this video. If one person sees it and they're like, I just wasn't sure before, but now I believe, and now I'm going to take steps in that direction. Five years from now, that could be the parent that's home with his kids or her kids, you know, five years from now, that could be the parent that's able to take care of their parents who get sick. Five years from now, that could, it's like, you know, if we, if we, if we reach one person, this has been time well spent, man. I hope you feel the same way. No, I do. Um, 100%. Anything else you want to add? No, I think uh, we covered everything. Just uh, this is not, you know, magic. <laughs> this is possible for anybody. I was a car mechanic. I had no skills in internet marketing, but you know, people have a brain and they have the potential to learn this stuff. Yeah. Like in anything else, right? So I just think you anyone can do this as long as, you know, you take it seriously and take action and don't give up, more importantly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well said, man. Well, I appreciate your time, Jesse. If somebody wants to come find more about you, where would you send them? I find me on YouTube by just Jesse Singh. Probably if you search that, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put the, we'll actually put a link. This, since this will be on YouTube, we'll put a link in the description to your channel. Awesome. Thanks, cool. Jeff. All right. Hey, everybody, you heard it here. Uh, Jesse Singh, millionaire, affiliate marketer, and, and great friend and, and great dude. And also, a real animal in the gym. You should follow him for that, too. It'll pump you up. Um, thanks, Jesse. Thanks, and Jeff. Thanks, Entronation. We will catch you next time. Take care. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entranation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.